1: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash switch. Forty five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full turns at mintmobile.com.
2: Caught offside
3: with
1: Andrew Gunling and JJ Devaney.
3: Oh, yes! Caught offside from just outside of New York City, from an apartment in Brooklyn, New York, Andrew Gunling, J.J. Devaney, an MLS season preview special. What's up, brother?
2: All that's missing for this season preview is David Guetta on top of a skyscraper dropping vibes to tragic American incidents. <laughs>
3: well, there's still time. Maybe, maybe he, he's got a track left in him. Uh, this is going to be a lot of fun as it always is. So we're we're recording this I don't know when you're listening. This this is coming out Monday. Um we're a couple days behind that. It's actually this is actually December 9th. The MLS Cup final was yesterday. We thought we would really get a beat on uh, on our season preview. So a lot of this is just us supposing what signings are about to happen. But um so we're we're a couple days out but I am I am very excited for this. The season obviously kicks off on Wednesday with inter miami and rail salt lake they'll start the season kind of give a that's the appetizer there and then it really kicks in over the weekend um but i it always creeps up it's even earlier this year than normal um but i think people will feel ready after what they're about to hear i'm i I can't wait we've got tom bogart
2: of the athletic coming on that's in terms of breaking MLS news or MLS news in, in general and insider that you couldn't, we couldn't get a better guest. Yeah. I can't wait to have him on. He's never been on the show before. And, and yet
3: I feel like we've referenced his tweets and news almost like on a weekly basis.
2: Yeah. And I enjoy his mustache as well. Yeah. Um, he is
3: a well mustachioed man.
2: I, I should say, uh, you know, it, it's worth enduring our ramblings to get to Tom Bogart.
3: I think we have insightful, uh, I have things to say, whether they're of any value. You all see this is I do these things and then you rip
4: me.
2: Yeah. But
3: you're allowed to do them and I can't say anything. This I'm, is- I'm being
2: magnanimous and uh, well, not really magnanimous. Self-deprecating is what I'm being. And that's an attractive
3: quality. Am I attractive to you? Very. I've never been more attracted to to another human being. Uh, This is going to be great. We've got our 10 big MLS season preview questions, as we always do for our preview. And then, like JJ just said, Tom Bogert of The Athletic, uh, MLS, U.S. Men's National Team Insider. He'll join us as well to give all of his thoughts. Um, I have a lot of questions for him, like things that I feel like he's uniquely positioned to answer. So I am truly excited for that as well. But let's dive in. Let's not make the people wait any longer, JJ. We've got 10 of these, so we need time. We really need to let this breathe, let people digest this. Um, let's start. This is always how we start. It's, it's kind of a sad way to start because the season is just beginning. Everyone's feeling good, and immediately we're talking about grown men losing their jobs. Let's start, JJ, with the manager entering the season on the hottest seat. You want to go first? Uh, oh, please, please
2: allow me to go first. Um, I'm going to stay local. Oh. Nick Cushing. Nick Cushing, NYCFC. You can say his name as many times as you want. You still can't conjure an image of what he looks like in your head. That's a problem for an MLS manager, in my view. He had a record low of nine wins in 2023. Not good. Now, the mitigating circumstances are always like losing a Champions League player of the caliber of uh, Taddy Castellanos, Sean Johnson, Taylor Holm, uh, Alexander Callens, uh, Maxi Morales, all vets, all all part of of the joy that was them winning uh, MLS Cup two seasons ago. But they're all gone now. They were all gone for 2023. There was a dip. It's to be expected. But there's no more excuses when you're Nick Cushing. You don't have the name like Patrick Vieira. He was allowed work through the issues. Did the issues ever get solved under Vieira? Probably not, but he was given time. You don't get that time when you're Nick Cushing. Uh, the season has to be better. Uh, a full season of a number nine uh, in striker mansev Bakrar, has to work out. The goals have to come and flow for this to work out. I think he's on a hot seat. Uh, and also just the general, the, the general mood of that club. They are looking forward. They have expectations. They're thinking about a new stadium. All of that. The last thing they want is a manager they don't believe in. And um, that was his first full season last season. He's got another full season now, and he better make the most of it.
3: I'm always surprised when I see that he's the same age as me, because you, you say you can't conjure up an image of him, but but I I can, and he's the problem is he's he's bald, and so Ugh. I think that that age is like I whenever I look at him, I'm like he's 39, he's also 39. Wow, that's amazing to me.
2: If you start losing it, you'll do anything to make sure it stays on because of this 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 well, he's, he's
3: shaved the whole thing, like he's he is, he's
2: like that. But um, he
3: just he, he looks like.
2: An Englishman, he, you know, what? he looks like any journeyman manager, like in League One or League Two. If if someone showed you a picture of him, and said, "That's, um, let me see, Scunny's manager." Scunny aren't even in. I don't know where they are now, uh, but that's Scunthorpe's manager. You'd be like, all oh, right, yeah, yeah, it is." That it's not. It's not. That's sorry. In New York, that's
3: you can look like uh, Scunthorpe's I,
2: manager, but you got to win. I'll put it that way.
3: I guess so. Although I. I see what you're saying because, like, it's New York and it's NYCFC, part of the city group, city football group. And everything and they've they, won now. And everything. They, they have won. But like you said, this is not that team. And, like, I think expectations could help him because I don't know that expectations are sky high. It's they're, not be sky, more- they're not sky high.
2: It's got to be more than nine wins. Got to be. Well,
3: yeah, that, I suppose that's fair. Uh, well, here's mine. And expectations for this team, even when they're not very good, are generally pretty high jj i'm going with greg Vanny. um he has not really up to this point been able to replicate the kind of success that he had with toronto fc and i think that that's what the what the galaxy thought that they'd be getting when they hired him
0: yep. Yep. um
3: and all the while it's not helped by the fact that their crosstown rivals have been like the toast of the league uh you know the galaxy want to catch up to that they believe that you know they're they're the patriarch of soccer in that city and they should be the ones on top and um greg Vanny was going to be the guy who was going to bring them to that to that and it has not happened second from bottom in the western conference last season not acceptable and i know injuries were used as a reason last year or excuse depending on who you ask but they had they had significant injuries and that was a- certainly a part of it but like how long can you live off of that like if this team starts slow then suddenly people will look back at 2023 and the poor form of that season will be used as evidence as opposed to an aberration. Um, So like I would say of all the teams in MLS this year, for me, the galaxy's range of expectations might be the widest. Like I could see them, if if they have another couple injuries or new players don't come in right away and perform, um, I could see them having a similar season as the last year, or I could see them being near the top of the West. Because the West, just by its nature, is really weird this year. Like if if, if Dave, Dejan Jovalich, if he kind of seizes the opportunity that's now been left to him up front, if Ricky Pouge plays at an MVP level, which he could, you know, mm. Gabriel Peck comes in as their new designated player signing. If he, you know, the current trajectory that he's on, if he keeps going up, like – they do have a high ceiling, but their defense is shaky. Maya Yoshida, if he starts slow, Jalen Neal's injury already—if that hampers him when he comes back—it could be another really rough go for them defensively. So, it's realistic that they're not good. It's realistic that they're near the top of the West, uh, and I guess depending on which way it goes, is sort of where I see Greg Vanny's future going. Okay, we'll I believe see. the
2: va- I believe the Vanny man can.
3: Wow. That's lovely. Um, all right, let's go from that, JJ, to the best move from the off season. Can I go first here, if that's all right? Uh, I guess. All right. So I'm going to read a tweet. I'm going to pre. I'm going to preempt our guest. I'm going to read you a tweet from the guy who's about to join the show, Tom Bogart. This was Tom Bogart watching New York Red Bulls a little over a week ago. Mm. Uh, he said, Emil, Fors- "Emil Forsberg has been absolutely cooking this preseason. Dude is another level every time he gets on the ball, looking like an awesome signing for Red Bull." Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my cues from Tom Bogart here, and I'm gonna say that this could turn out to be the best move from the off season. And I know it can be dangerous to take information from the preseason and apply it to what is about to happen. See Inter Miami and my thoughts on them coming up. Um, <laughs> just to,
2: but just take information from his career. Well, He's an but
3: absolute let's, baller. But let's do that. This I mean, this is a guy who once had an 18 assist season in the Bundesliga. He's 32, uh, and and his production last year. With Leipzig did tail off, but this guy is by no means done. He's not, he's, I still think he can play at a high level. And I think this is probably the right moment in his career for a move like this. Um, He was quoted as saying, I know how good I am and what I can bring to the team. I'm going to do that. I have a lot of pressure and responsibility on my shoulders, but I love it. I'm here to do it. Um, I don't envision him as somebody who's coming here for this whole like retirement community thing. Of, of what the perception sometimes is in Europe of MLS I don't get that sense from this guy he was a beloved figure at Leipzig I think that there's a leadership quality that he can bring to the New York Red Bulls which will be huge and more importantly for a team that has really struggled in attack uh kind of since Bradley Wright Phillips left I think I think his experience in that part of the field will go a long way in improving this team that that's kind of been stuck in neutral for a while uh so I, I think I'm, Emil forsberg I think is going to be a great addition to this league I'm looking forward to watching.
2: Oh God! Uh, he scored a, a preseason goal from downtown. Like it, it, was well inside his own half, just clipping it over the goalkeeper. My uh, my juices are flowing, Andrew. Yeah, and, and the fact that we can get out to him with only two different types of transport is is amazing to me. Well, they're the same type of transport. Two different um, rail lines,
3: subway to path, bang. Well, that's uh, for you. For me, and it's it, a little more complicated. But oh uh, yeah, right. you have to you have to cross. I don't you don't have to cross, to cross anything.
2: You have to cross the river. Give the boatman money. And then go through the forest of danger to the castle of wonder, where you grab the key,
3: and then you make it to Penn Station. Actually, um, Grand Central, Real. actually. Actually, you know what? I, I take two trains too, because I can walk over to a PATH station. So yeah, Mine's you know, quicker. everyone, Mine's ca- you, I, everyone you, cares. You go live in New this. York. Mine's quicker. Okay. Um, uh, listen, I,
2: this is a. I have two, because the first one that dropped into my mind. We've we've talked about already. We said Miles Robinson to a- FC Cincinnati is great pickup for them. It's a it's a great, great signing. Really bolsters, bolsters their defense. I've nothing else to say about that except I read the comments of Greg Berhalter and I was like, huh. Hmm. Uh so the first part's okay. When players talk to me about their next step, when they call me and ask me, some of them do, the first thing is always just trying to understand their motivation and what they want. With Miles, it was no different. We talked through some of the potential options. We talked through his future and how we see him with the national team program. And ultimately, he decided to sign for the Sporter Shield winners, a very strong team within MLS. That's fine. The next bit I am worry about, that's a personal choice that he makes. And we can all... And all we can do now is continue to monitor him and monitor him the same way we do every other player. That's our commitment to the whole group. That that sentence is a bit... it tepid. Deflates, tep, Oh, very tepid. Yeah. Like if you served me tea that was this tepid, I'd say, go back. I don't want that. Stick it in the microwave for 30 seconds. That's a personal choice. Uh, it's like... Right. They chatted- it's like a,
3: if I if I got accepted into Harvard... And I also got accepted to like, what's a crazy party school that's not of that, like Arizona, oh, Arizona. yeah. <laughs> like, and and like, I told Online. my parents, like, you know what, I'm going to go with Arizona. They, I could see them having the same response as Bar- Like, that's a personal choice. Uh, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't say like, we endorse this decision. Good I, for you. They'd say I that's going a personal away party.
2: choice. At, a going, at your going away party to college, the banner would read, congrats, Andrew. That's a personal choice. Yeah. And and by the way, Arizona seems like a lovely school. Great school. Great yeah.
3: school from what I've heard. But uh, academically, yeah. if you're choosing Arizona over Harvard, it seems like you have some other priorities on your mind. Is all yeah. the same. Getting
2: laid, drinking, Jaeger shots. <laughs> Um, yeah. So, so th- I just wanted to bring that to light because it struck me even from, uh, and, and by the way, this is just, I got it from gold.com. So I didn't even hear him speak the words, but yeah. the words speak for themselves. Uh, and then just a quick one, uh, because it, it, it happened in the last three days, I think, uh, Louis, uh, Muriel from, At- uh, Atlanta to Orlando city. Yeah. That's an exciting one. Uh, after the 2021 season, he was named on the Syria team of the year. He had 22 goals and nine assists in league play. And I think he's, I think he's 32, but even still like that's, that's pretty amazing recent form or relatively recent form for him. So we'll see if he can carry some of that into the league.
3: Uh, up next. All right, here we go. And this one, I mean, this could probably be a full pod if we wanted it to be, but <laughs> enter Miami. What does your gut tell you about how this is going to go? Spectacular success or spectacular failure? My gosh,
2: yeah. Oh my God. My gut is screaming after my gut is in the shape that like I started breakfast with like a chicken parm. Then for lunch, I had the spiciest Mexican I could possibly get. And then for dinner, I had um, really, really, really hot curry and then woke up the next morning. My gut is all over the place with this. This will be expected. I can't get out of the mindset that this will be a spectacular failure spectacular failure and I've got more on that later oh. I like I, I just got an alert from ESPN on my phone that Messi will be fit for for the MLS opener mm-hmm. that's good but it also just suggests how or it harks back to how awful their preseason was how terrible Messi felt about it being dragged around the world on this kind of New York Cosmos Pelé era tour mm-hmm. that he didn't want that he didn't want to be a part of
3: I well, have I don't know th- that I don't know that. He he we have the quotes.
2: He was yeah, he tired. Didn't. Oh, he you know he didn't want to. We we can his body language the things he said he didn't say I don't want to be here. But we know that's not that's not what he wanted and and um and most mls commentators are are of that opinion that he was exhausted by this thing. Um you you're building I'll just leave with this sentence because I've got more to say about Inter Miami. Okay. And stuffed to ass Tom, you're building this thing on the back of, you know, players in their thirties who are, I mean, it's all based on them and who are, have so many miles on the clock. Some like in the case of, do you know what? I'll save it. Cause I want to talk about Suarez later. I'll save oh, okay. it. I, I just, I just see injuries. I see fatigue. I see what again. We're going. We're quoting Tom Bogart. I'll ask Tom about this later. But he did a great piece for the Athletic. Sources across the league say the club desperately need to shed salary yeah, and man. add. Uh, they are they are screwed," said one rival executive. Trust me, that's a quote. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what I see happening is that they have to shed the workman players, the players like the players that do the hard work, the running around. They have to get rid of them. And then they're left with this, this galaxy of stars that are injury-prone. Mess. I think it's going to be a mess.
3: So you, you're, I, you're, incapable. I can't. It's, it's hard for me to disagree with what you're like. You're none of none of what you're saying is wrong. Like I don't look at any of what you said there and I'm like what a foolish comment. Like I, I, I'm not crazy, and I understand that. Oh, here we um, go. Having said that. <laughs> I mean, look, Alba, Busquets, Suarez, and Messi. It it is the greatest collection of talent on a single MLS team that this league has ever seen. And you know my policy generally on all oh, of talent. <laughs> you are, li- li- you're literally
2: Pat Riley building
3: the Miami Heat. That's who you are. How'd that turn out? All right. Uh, they've got a manager who has big club experience, who also happens to have MLS experience, and has succeeded on both fronts. This this should work. Now the only thing that can stop it from working like you said is is physical health. Like chemistry, things like that. Like you're right, workmen players, maybe they're going to have to shed some of those, but I generally believe that there are guys on this team that can that will attract so much attention defensively. It will make other players better. Was Robert Taylor, like? Did we, did people yeah. know that Robert Taylor was going to be that good until Messi showed up and turned him into a superstar? Oh, like, will Robert?
2: Will they be able to hang on to Robert Taylor? Uh,
3: yes, I believe so. I, if I'm if I'm DeAndre Yedlin, maybe I'm nervous. And by the time you're listening to this, things probably have already happened, uh, so we'll have to see. But Inter Miami will address it. They'll they'll get into. They'll be compliant. Um, and by the time you're listening to this, we'll probably know what who those players were. Um, but it's health now. Like that's it's going to be interesting to see how this team decides to navigate Messi and Suarez physically with this counterbalance of them needing to put on a show every time they step out onto, a, right, onto the field. Right. Like that's the going to pressure be pressure the for balance. them
2: to play the pressure from execs, the pressure from ML from Apple, the pressure from supporters. It's massive.
3: And on top of that, Messi's going to be asked to carry Argentina to a Copa America crown in the middle of the summer. Then right after that, there's even talk about, you know, who was it? Javier Mascherano just talked about Messi potentially suiting up for the Olympic team. Now I'll believe that when I see it, but he might be pressured for that as well. Um, so
2: Madness.
3: Now, like if some of the idea of Messi coming to play in the U.S. was that like because the standard of football is less, maybe it prolongs his national team career. Then every time that the national team has a competition, it does need to be factored in, and and the Olympics. So I, I can't, I don't think he'll play in that tournament, but it can't be, it can't be brushed off as nothing. Um, but ultimately, where I come down is, I, I think this is going to be a lot of fun as long as our expectations remain somewhat grounded. He's not going to play in every game, and neither is Suarez. Now remember, MLS is not going on break for Copa America which runs from June 20th to July 14th. And Argentina are playing in the opening game of that tournament. Um, So I would say it's likely, bare minimum, before we've even kicked the ball, you pretty much already know Messi is going to miss, I would say, most likely five, possibly six games, depending on how far Argentina go. Um, But, like, if your expectations are, I know in the regular season, they may not put up the point totals that, you know, are going to break records – but if they can keep these uh, these guys healthy and they can make a deep run in MLS Cup and and potentially win the thing which i think if if they're healthy they should they absolutely should then are those expectations enough to satisfy people if messi like if messi plays let's say he plays 21 regular season games scores 14 goals 10 assists and most importantly he's healthy for the playoffs success right mm. i mean yeah. i say it is but people's expectations might be no, 21 games, 14 goals. No, no, no. I'm looking for 30 games, 30 goals, 15 assists. Like if people will have those expectations because it's Leonel Messi and MLS. I'm saying if you can back off of that and be a little bit more realistic because he's not going to be able to give it a go every time, uh, every game out there. Uh, same for Suarez. Then I think it, it's more about expectation management that can lead you to, to seeing this as a success. And that okay, well- is also tepid. Um, but I don't want to go as far as you and say this is going to be a this is going to be like a dying star exploding in a in a horrible uh, burst of life. Uh,
2: whatever it's going to be, I'm there for it. Okay, I cannot wait
3: for it. It, it. it will certainly be interesting. It will be fascinating. And God, if we can if who knows if we can get leagues cup messy for an entire season, with the exception of that. No, uh, no. of that window
2: no. of, of. You're co- not seeing a- Chances are he's gonna. Chances are he's gonna look around him himself and go. I got Copa America in the summer. I'm minding myself, and you won't yeah. see any Messi until August. That's no. Place. Well, no.
3: Chan- that's not what chances are. I don't think so. Chances Ch- are you won't see Messi until August. No, chances are you won't see any of like Messi play. You'll just see
2: him strolling around the. Uh, I don't think if so. You... Oh, I, I don't so. buy that. Don't All right, okay, oh,
3: fine. Success, success. Um. All right, team that was bad last year, who could be good this year, and you're not allowed to say Inter Miami.
2: All right, seeing as you're putting stipulations on it, the Rapids of Colorado, Andrew. Oh, that's a great call. So they were the worst team in the West last season, but according to American Soccer and excuse me, American Soccer Analysis, their underlying numbers were more toward mediocre than absolutely terrible. So if that is the case, then their acquisitions could move them into what I am dubbing the good zone. Uh, a player that's very close to your heart Jordi Mihailovic, proven m l s attacker is back in the u s and ready to bolster the attack Zach Stefan returns to reset that's the word we're using with him now reset his career um that's interesting ne- that is interesting um you've probably never heard of this of this group um but there was a group called Cassio tone for the painfully alone and uh i around two thousand and six they released an album and i I liked it a lot. Very sad. Very introspective. But it was, it was interesting. And one of the songs was called Hey Bobby Malone. And when, I, when I'm going through the Colorado Rapids roster, this is all I can think of. So the opening, it's about a guy who comes back. He, he left the small town to do something big and he comes back because it hasn't worked out. And, 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 and that's what Colorado makes me think of. So it's Hey Bobby Malone, it's good to have you home. So you tried your own route and it didn't work out. Well, you're not alone. And you're not alone. Zach Stefan on this roster. You've got Jordi Mihailovic coming back from uh, the Eredivisie and you've got Sam Vines coming back from Royal Antwerp. Um, Now, obviously, Lamine Diak, he doesn't fit the Hey Bobby Malone kind of uh, scenario, but I mean, they needed a midfielder and he has at 23. He seems like a really good pickup for them. You feel like they're going to be better. Mihailovic has to get back to that form that he had at Montreal quickly and Stefan needs to Steph needs to be really good, and he hasn't been really good in a long, long time. And Vines just needs to be the solid kind of MLS fullback that he is. But you have to feel better about them, I think.
3: Definitely. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Um, I went with the Chicago Fire, 13th in the East last season with 40 points. Had an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs. Got shut out their final two games. And thus, I believe it's now six straight years of missing out. Um, We always say, JJ, everyone gets in. MLS playoffs, everyone gets in. hasn't applied to them, but not this year. Not this year. I think they're. I think that's going to change. Uh, they're putting pieces in place for a team that I think should be much more competitive in the East this season. Signing Hugo Kuypers from Ghent is the type of move that this team has been desperate for for some time now. A striker who he just turned 27. He's a proven goal scorer. Scored 20 of them in the 2022-23 season for Ghent in Belgium. Um, and then how about this? So I referenced this the other day. I, I, football references... Last 365, where they look at the scouting report, compare the player to other players at his position in comparable leagues. So in this case, he was in the Belgian League. It's compared to guys in like MLS, League MX, Brazil, Argentina, mm. Netherlands, like leagues of that caliber. Um, he was the he was 90th percentile in non-penalty XG, so he knows how to generate chances. 92nd percentile in progressive passes received, uh, knows how to get himself in the right positions. But you know what I like the most about him? So we know he can score goals. He brings that. But how about also ranking in the 98th percentile in tackles, 96th percentile in blocks, and 99th percentile in interceptions? He will put in the work at both ends. When the opposition has the ball, he will put in the work to win it back. Um, I love that quality in a striker. Tireless. Just, you know, not somebody who's just going to drift and kind of lose interest when the team doesn't have the ball. He's going to work to get it back for them. Um, And so, you know, beyond him, you know, they go out, they trade for one of the most proven MLS players of the last decade, Kellen Acosta. Uh, you got a great playmaker in Shaqiri, uh, uh, an up-and-coming goalkeeper in Chris Brady. It just feels like there's a nice spine to this team uh, and it feels like they're making the right moves. I, I would be surprised if they miss the playoffs again. I think this is a year where they're getting in.
2: The Chicago Fire, to me, in terms of like MLS history, they're one of those where you just say massive club. If they were an English club, going through what they're going through the, the fallow period you have got massive club sleeping giant sleeping giant and they they kind of are so be interesting to see how it works out with Kellen costa yeah. and maybe they can fill soldier field
3: uh let's see high profile move that may not work this uh, year
2: can i go yeah sure um luis suarez oh boy so here's, here's the quotes from, um, from Suarez. Uh, Inter-Miami is the last club of my career. I can't be more honest. The family already knows it. I don't know the date yet, but it's the last step. Doesn't know the date yet. Well, surely that'll be the end of the MLS season.
3: Hmm. Well, I'm also ready for more th- than one year. I don't know.
2: Well, I mean, he's, he's, he's set for one year. Maybe they extend that. I don't know. I'm also ready for my last challenge. I must think about having quality of life afterwards. I talk about this and I feel like crying. Because that's who I am. But you have to prepare prepare yourself. I remember that a former player told me that the player is never prepared for retirement. And then this is him speaking in Brazil at the end of last season uh, when he finished up with Gremio. I can feel pain. My body is speaking for me. I want to enjoy and then decide for myself after a long career. I need to rest, enjoy my family. Then the destiny will know where I'll be in the future. I have to think that in maybe five years, I won't be able to play five-a-side football with my friends. The truth is that the first steps in the morning are very painful. Anyone who sees me thinks it's impossible for me to play a game. My son asked me to play with him and I can't. Now, this is a guy who was basically ready to retire at the end of last season and then got coaxed into coming to Miami. He's in pain all the time. He talks about uh, in uh, in another part of that interview with the Brazilian radio about how he has to take painkillers to just get onto the field. In his head, he's 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 done. How, I I worry about this hugely from an injury standpoint. Now, the again that what goes against what I'm what I'm thinking and saying is that he scored 17 goals in 33 Serie A appearances for Grêmio last season, which would be a higher level than MLS. So, are we assuming he's now going to just go and do that again? I have massive, massive concerns about this. I have two more smaller concerns. Hugo Laris. I have concerns for LAFC and signing him. Was this something they needed to do to spend that money on? To I, yeah. I it didn't feel necessary. And he's a goalkeeper that hasn't played a ton of football in the last two, three years. W- w- concerning, and this is a concern that hasn't manifested itself yet. But I shall talk about it through the medium of Tobias Funke. Uh, the The rumors that were speculated that were started at the end of last week over the weekend. Hamas Rodriguez to Real Salt Lake. So he's finished at Sao Paulo. They're, they're terminating his contract. He looks disinterested in football, as he has done for quite a while now. Um, uh, and basically, I would say to Real Salt Lake or any other MLS club, uh, did it work for those other people? No, it never does. I mean, these people somehow delude themselves into thinking it might, but but it might work for us. Mm-hmm. That is the thought process you need to avoid.
3: Uh, Let's see. I just have a couple here. There were none that really jumped off to me. I mean, Su- Suarez is probably the one that I would have the biggest question about. Uh, question about that's entirely reasonable. Um, Just a few like MLS vets that changed teams late in their career that I would maybe lessen my expectations for. Joseph Martinez to Montreal. He was hmm. also my, my answer to this question last year when he went to Miami. Um, Nico Ladero to Orlando City. I don't know. I just that one's just hard to picture. He's like Mr. C- Mister Sounder. I-, yeah. I can't picture him anywhere else. I don't know. Uh, Omar Gonzalez to FC Dallas. Um, getting kind of late on in that career. Uh, I don't know. Some the, Sometimes you see a big name go to a new team. And you think, oh, we got Ladero now.
0: It's like,
3: let's see what version we're getting. You know, he had kind of he was sort of like phased out a little bit of of the Sounders at the end of last season.
2: Watch him have an amazing season now and make us eat our. I hope he
3: does. He's one of the great MLS players. He's a fast player, but
2: he's he's been I mean, he was a bit power player for Seattle by the end. Yeah. He was a kind of a guy they sprung to to change games. So
3: yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But you're right. I mean, Suarez is the tricky one. Um, but again, like I, I, sometimes I think a little bit, JJ, about... Well, it was Doc Rivers who just took the Milwaukee Bucks job in the NBA. And he said something to the effect in, in his introductory press conference where he's like, oh, this is going to be this kind of challenge. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. And it's like, dude, you got Giannis, you got Lillard. Like, yeah. come on, man. Like, So sometimes I do wonder if guys say things... Talk
2: themselves into.
3: or Or they say things like, so when they... When they succeed later, they look like an even bigger conquering hero than what people might have thought they were going to be. Like Doc They're Rivers like, is talking down the jump. Jo- like when I hear Suarez say, "I can't even get out of bed. Like I, I can barely move. I don't know what my life is going to look like." Oh, by the way, seventeen goals, eleven assists in Brazil. Like, right. Uh, so wait, but you're still awesome. So <laughs> yeah, it's
2: kind of like the guys that go that went on Twitter prior to after the uh, AFC uh, championship game and did this thing about Mahomes. You wrote me off. You said I couldn't do it. You said it couldn't. No, no one said this. Why why do we have to do this? I saw that. There was
3: a tweet like somebody took the video of him saying that and then quote tweeted like the ESPN prediction. It was like 77% of all ESPN analysts had picked the Chiefs to win. (laughs) It's like, (laughs) all right, I guess we're talking to that other, you know, 23% or whatever. Um, Yeah. All right. Let's continue now. JJ, top MVP candidate coming into the season. You want to go first? I'll go first.
2: Okay. You've spoken about him already, so I won't be long-winded. And I know we're probably going to want to talk a little bit uh, with Tom about him. Uh, Emil Forsberg. Hmm.
3: He's,
2: he's just—I just loved him for so long and watched him for so long. And I think he can—he can help revitalize that old cliche, the sleeping giant of MLS that is in uh, Harrison, New Jersey. And the—the the goal he scored from uh, from inside his own half during preseason was um, wet the appetite. He's—he's he's just class, man. He's class. Yeah. I can't. I, I want I want him to come in and rip the league up. I really hope that happens.
3: Well, I'd say uh, look, he's he's my pick for best offseason move. So you're not gonna get any argument from me. Um let's see. For mine, JJ, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the odds a little bit. So no one is a one no one has won this award back to back year. So I'm gonna roll out Lucho Acosta. Uh I think only one guy has won it twice. Preki, I think, is the only one who's won it twice. Wow. Um, which is weird because it's named after Landon Donovan. You thought he won it like five times. Uh so I'm gonna take out Hani Mukhtar, who I was also thinking about. I'm a little worried about Messi and Suarez in terms of their ability to play enough games to win this award, um, which could be a freezing cold take by the end of the season. If I might be like, it's Messi. Why did I think of anyone else? But maybe I'm over. <laughs> You'll hate yourself
2: it. if that happens. Oh but, my God.
3: But, um, but I'm going to go with a guy who burst on the scene last year in MLS. And I think he's going to build on that and be even better this year. I'm looking at Atlanta United FC's Georgios Yakamakas, 17 goals last season and 21 MLS starts, 27 appearances total. Um, There was no like he came from Celtic and like there was no let off. He was just he immediately knew how to play on turf and score a lot of goals. Um, He's been a top scorer in the Eredivisie. He's been a top scorer in the Scottish Premier League. I think he can be a top scorer in MLS as well. And so, plus he's still, I mean, look, we all thought Tiago Almada was going to leave. He hasn't. Now he might still in the summer, but like with that kind of playmaker next to you, setting you up, making your job ideally a little bit easier. I think Yakamaka's could put up big goal numbers and that's, you know, I'm, I'm a simple man. I have a simple brain. Guy scores lots of goals, MVP candidate. That's how gotcha. my brain functions in the sport. So like if he, if he puts up, you know, in the mid to high mid twenties or so. Yeah. I think he's got a good shot and I think Atlanta will be a good team. You're so, not,
2: uh, you'll never be like me naming Esteban Cambiazo No, 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 Uh All
3: right. Let's see. Next one, JJ team. That was good last season. That might take a step back this season. This is always a sad one. I'm going to go first here. Cause mine, mine is quick. Um, I feel bad saying it. Don't want to dampen the enthusiasm around them in this city. But St. Louis City SC, I think they're going backwards a little bit. Um, Well, listen, here's why. There are some things about them from a year ago that worry me. And I'm not just talking about them losing in the first round. Don't get me wrong. Good team. But how sustainable is what they did last year long term? Ready for this, JJ? Okay. they scored an astounding 62 goals on an xg of 42.6 oh no all right? right their xg was ninth in the conference but their goal scored was first that uh, doesn't feel right their doesn't XG doesn't feel sustainable no their xg differential was minus 7.5 uh, right? 40 uh, 42.6 xg and a 50.1 xg allowed jj that was second worst in the entire conference all right. They got truly elite level goalkeeping from Roman Berkey, which is good. He's a great goalkeeper. Uh, he had by far the league's best post-shot XG. He was tremendous. But I always say, like, w- when a team's goalkeeper wins like man of the match, the th- the first thought in my head was, that's not how they drew it up. <laughs> All right. No. You don't want that. Now, they've added Chris Durkin from D.C. United, which could be a high upside move. He's still only 24. Um They've added Thomas Totland for, uh, to boost their fullback position. We'll see, but I don't know, man. I just, I'm, you know, I, I, I respect stats. They're not everything, but I respect them. And when the metrics show me numbers like that, it feels like, okay, they were good last year, but I don't think they were, they weren't really that good. I think no. maybe there'll be a little bit of a coming back to earth moment for them. Wow.
2: Wow. They've got a rabid fan base and they are going to be on you. No. They're going to be on you, man. Um, uh, step back this season, I'm going to say Houston Dynamo, and because of one man and one injury, Hector Herrera was so important for Ben Olsen and the Dynamo last season in their revitalization. Uh, the tweet from the club that I saw was really scary. He's got a knee injury, and the GM Pat Anstad says he won't be ready to start the season. That that alone frightens the hell out of me. He is so pivotal for them in midfield. Um, and I guess because I don't know, Houston aren't front and center in all of our minds. They're not um they're not the focus uh of a lot of conversations in MLS, but they had a great season last season and he was brilliant for them. And now they don't have him for I don't know how long. I hate hearing about knee injuries to players who are over thirty.
3: Hate it. You've lived it.
2: I've lived it. Very concerning.
3: Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Here we go. This is uh, a staple for every season preview we do. Our mandatory thoughts on the new kits. Now, I should say, at the time of recording, not. I don't believe every club has released their kits yet. So
2: Saint Saint Louis haven't released theirs. So.
3: Yeah, I think I just saw them. I think I just saw pop up on MLS. Maybe. I think it's it's white with like red trim. It looks kind. It looks like Toronto FC's kit, to be honest. Um. So I've broken it down into the gorgeous category and the blah category. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be honest. I like a lot of kits this year. I think teams did pretty good. I think Charlotte FC's are beautiful. Those different shades of blue representing the Blue Ridge Mountains all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. Um Portland's kits are amazing. You know I'm a nature boy. I love nature. They are these kits are celebrating nature. Um you know I'm not a huge you know me. You know I'm not a huge vertical stripes guy. I tend to go horizontal stripes. But JJ, the Sounders 50th anniversary kit, it's it's gorgeous the celebration of the old and the new and the infusion of that. those I love that. They're amazing. Um, Sporting KC, they'll always win me over with like their diamond Argyle pattern. That just works for me every year. Um, so yeah, I think, I think there's a lot that I like. I don't really have one right now that, that I, that I look at and say, uh, no, DC United's are okay. Uh, kind of looks like their kid every year. I don't know. Um, but I yeah I don't have any that I look at 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 this moment and say like yuck that's gross.
2: No, I don't I don't have any really ones that I'm that I hate. Uh, that's pretty good. It's great um, except when you go and look at the
3: prices. Well, that now that's a whole nother thing. That's oh God. I don't. I mean, look, it's, I it's I, see what, I see what I see what they'll sell what what they'll tell you, and I don't know if there's been any comment on it or anything, but like they'll tell you, look, by comparison, we are a professional league in this sport, and. Our jerseys are in line with the other professional leagues in the sport. Like I, so, I looked it up because uh, these jerseys right now, when I last checked on MLS's website, it's 160 bucks is what I saw for a jersey. Which, boy, that just feel that just feels like a ton of money for a soccer jersey. MLB jerseys I saw on team websites are 175, NBA are 120, NFL jerseys range from like 130 to 175. Hockey jerseys I've seen any that range is big from like 140 to 240. Um, Premier League jerseys range a bit I went to Manchester United's club store kits were kind of between like 105 to 155 Tottenham I saw 95 to 150 so MLS will tell you that like we fall in I'm line with it. other professional leagues but like I don't know I can't help it man I just I sometimes wish this league would be the league that chooses to be ultra accessible for everyone like other sports are pricing themselves out for normal fans in in a variety of different ways i wish mls would like would say we're not going to do that we're going to be the league for everyone our jerseys are going to be inexpensive you know our our tv viewing like look they i know people will dispute me when i say they're behind a paywall people say well cable's a paywall too like fine we can we can debate yeah, that I but like that. the fact the fact of the matter is however you want to put it they may they might have enhanced their game viewing experience but they did make it less accessible for a lot of people like i just i don't know they're they're trying to be progressive whatever but i just wish sometimes that they would make them that they would like wrap their arms around the sports community in this country and say we are for everyone other leagues are pricing themselves out we're for all of you they had stuff like this when you see jerseys at like 160 bucks man like they're not that's not the message that i'm getting now their jerseys are gorgeous. like i said they've They did well this year. These jerseys are – there are a lot of beautiful jerseys that teams are going to be wearing, but they're expensive. They They shouldn't be – yeah, I mean,
2: yeah, it's just too much money. It's too much money, and and I, I always think of, like, the parents. That's what I think of. Kids excited wants a jersey, and the parent is thinking, I can't do this.
3: I mean, kids in my house, they won't be getting one too much but i'll get i'll get a shirt i'll look for a knockoff like i don't know like yeah but i'm not i I can't if they if both of my kids want a jersey not spending almost 400 bucks like once you put on tax i think shipping is free but like whatever like (laughs) whatever yeah i mean it's crazy it's too much crazy stuff yeah i agree with you um all right storyline you're most intrigued by heading into the season
2: I can't lie, and and people are going to get so mad, but it's Inter Miami. I mean, how could it not be? How could, it just is? And like, there's no point. Um, well, there's a point because I, I, I've, enj- I've picked I enj- something else. I well, okay, I enjoy. Like, I, I do. T- we've always said I do think the league is too long, and there are times in the summer where I'm like, I should check in on MLS. What's happening here? Are we any closer to playoffs? That's the nature of of a league that has playoffs. Unfortunately, I do treat MLS a little bit like how. I treat the Major League Baseball season, you know, and 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 that's their fault, not mine. But I am interested in it. I do care about it. But how can I like it, it's such a vortex of interest that this this circus at Inter Miami is and it truly is the greatest player we've possibly ever seen in world football is there. One of the my favorite players of all time, I've assigned Jersey speaking of Jersey, I've signed Jersey in the closet of his right beside me, uh, Luis Suarez uh they're just they're fascinating the whole angle of how they've built this thing down there and the way i feel that so much of the league is leveraged or is balanced they're like the american economy in 2008 you know okay balanced but we nobody realized how much of the american economy was leveraged in the uh, subprime mortgages like we we had no friggin' clue that the housing market could bring down had the potential to bring down the greatest country in the world economically. We did not know this. In MLS, we know that as MLS goes, for a for a large majority of people, so goes Inter Miami. Or that should be the other way around. As Inter Miami goes, so goes MLS. That's a fact, and it and that that to me makes it very interesting. And I know other people will say it's not a fact, and it doesn't come matter. on. Jay.
3: Haven't you ever heard of too big to fail? Come on, JJ.
2: <laughs> I I I cannot wait for uh, for or everything that Inter-Miami do or don't do.
3: Mm. I mean, look, you, you are like, that storyline is like, people will be riveted by what does or does not happen there. I will disqualify them for my answer. Um, oh,
2: because I'm going to be different. I'm going to be I'm different. I'm going
3: to be hipster and niche. Ooh. That's right. Um, You know, so, like Miami would be one. Another Dark Horse one for me, JJ, would be, um, given like all the fervor of a couple months ago, I'm kind of curious about how teams approach the U.S. Open Cup. Um, but I, I'll put those aside. I'll say the storyline that I'm kind of going to be most tapped into this season outside of Messi is going to be this battle of Ohio because I think this is going to be a real thing all season you long. hate Ohio. But this you rivalry. That state. You've said such terrible things about it to me. I'm, that's not true at all. I'm no fan of Ohio State <laughs> as, a, as a program, but I've got no problem with the people the state of Ohio. <laughs> Jim Trestle. <laughs> um, no, no, no. The, the, the hell is real, Darby. This is going to be a thing all season long. This rivalry has potential to explode to another level this year. All the ingredients are there. Obviously, the proximity, the fact that these are potentially two of the like three or four best teams in MLS, uh, the fact that the wound of Columbus's shocking conference final win over FC Cincinnati just this past December is still too fresh. That has not scabbed over. Um, these teams are good. These are really Good team. Cincinnati bring back Lucho Acosta, obviously. They lost Brandon Vasquez, but they did add Corey Baird, who I think will see a rise in his production, simply by playing alongside a player like Acosta. I think his production will go up. Added, like you said, Miles Robinson is huge. Might probably has the strongest defensive unit in the league now with him and Matt Miazga. Um, you know, meanwhile, Columbus brings back pretty much all the key components of a team that just won a title. Uh, you'd know, is there? you be hard-pressed, I think, to find a better DP threesome uh, than Cucho, Diego Rossi, and Darlington Nagli. Um They've got maybe the league's hottest coach right now. You know, We'll see how they respond to being the hunted rather than the hunter. But I mean, I think this rivalry, these two teams being this good with recent history being what it was, I think it's going to be must-see. They, they meet on May 11th at 7.30. And then I think not again after that until September 14th. Um, but yeah, I think, I think what goes on in Ohio this year and what that rivalry could be, I think that it could be a lot a lot of fun there. So I'll be looking at that. I agree with
2: you. All all jokes aside, I'm interested in that.
3: And with that, JJ, we go into our MLS cup prediction before we get to Tom Bogert. We'll make our predictions now, I suppose.
2: Uh, I have a weird feeling we're going to see a repeat, a repeat in, in the final, uh, union versus LAFC in the final. Really? Yep. I have a weird, weird feeling that because look, I think they could both potter along in the regular season. They may not be the best teams in either division. Boom, they get into the playoffs, they get hot, bang, final. That's my gut.
3: Okay. I like that. I yeah, you don't see like it. like the but... idea of that. Yeah. No, it's not what I have, but I like the idea of it. Um, JJ, you may as well. If I'm going to sit here and we're going to have a question on the pod about what we think Miami are going to be this year, if I'm not going to say spectacular failure, and I'm going to go the other way, then I may as well just push my cards into the middle. Oh, of the put table. them all in. Because, because if it works, I feel like it can only work to the point of, of <laughs> ridiculous, obscene success. I'm putting them in my in the final. I think Tata Martino will know how to navigate the complexities of this season. Um, again, you know, They don't have to dominate in the regular season. That's going to be hard for them to do, but they just have to be healthy for the playoffs, and I'm going to root for that. I want to see that. I'm going to root for that as the possibility. And if they are healthy for the playoffs, I mean, my God, like people say, oh, but you you have to build chemistry, all that. Look what happened in the League's Cup. They, these guys showed up and like, and bang, trophy. Uh, I think over the course of a season, I'm going to say that they'll be healthy when it counts and it's going to be them. And JJ, I'm kind of just taking a flyer here. The Western Conference feels so wide open to me. And when that's the case, what has proven out year after year? There's one thing that is always consistent. Now, LAFC have become that too, but the Seattle Sounders, they're just always there. Even when you're not sure how good they are, they're always near the top of the conference. They have a manager who knows how to win. Their uniforms are gorgeous. They're going to look good, play good. Uh, I think we're looking at an Inter-Miami Seattle Sounders final.
2: Wow. Okay.
3: Yep, yep, yep. There you go. Interesting. Are we picking winners? I mean, my chips are in. I'll take Miami. Once they're there, can you imagine them losing? I mean, oh, God.
2: And I don't see Philly losing another (gasps) final. So I'm going to go for Philadelphia Union champions of America.
3: Oh, boy. All right. You, buddy. Uh, I'm excited by that. I'm even more excited for our next guest, Tom Bogert of the Athletic MLS U.S. Men's National Team Insider. He joins us for some of his thoughts as well. More caught offside MLS season preview still to come. Oh, back now on Caught Offside on the MLS season preview special, JJ. And this is awesome. Like I said, first time on the show. I can't wait for this. Uh, something we've been looking forward to for for a while now. MLS and US Men's National Team insider for the Athletic, Tom Bogart joins the show. Tom, what's up, man? How are you? What's going on, boys? I'm
4: uh, I'm pretty good. A lot of uh, a lot of screen time these days. Yeah. A lot of not not a lot of, I guess. Free time, but that's great. That's what you you, want. I wouldn't wouldn't know what to do with free time anyway. I would just play football manager and and do MLS stuff anyway. Does that force you to kind of phase out of like
3: Knicks mode? And now you're fully into No, no, no,
4: the the only only thing that that's at least helped me pull out of just like super crazy Knicks mode is that OG Ananobi is injured. And so it's just like, this isn't the team that we have for the playoffs. So it's okay. You don't, you don't have to live and die with it. I'm dealing with the same for a couple weeks. I'm dealing with the
3: same thing with Joel Embiid right now. You know, we're
4: going to lose Oof. some games, but
3: if he's healthy, if we'll, we'll see. None of this matters right now. Um, kind of, <laughs> nothing or, matters in, in general, to be fair. So. That's true. Uh, I mean, sort of along those lines. Before rather nihilist we in, start. <laughs> before we get into like the season stuff and all that, I, I've always wanted to ask you, and I'm sure you've talked about this before, but like, you know, you you've emerged as this kind of woge Schefter passing like figure for soccer in this country, and I've always wondered was that was that like a conscious decision by you where you saw Lane that could be filled in american soccer media or did you sort of like fall into it like you established some relationships maybe you got fed a couple stories and you woke up one day and you're like holy crap i'm a newsbreaker now like was this planned
4: out or did this sort of happen by accident no not only was it not planned out i kind of like fought against it at the beginning like if that makes like i was it was fear right like so like when i was starting at soccer.com, like right like when you're young 20s and you're overly confident like oh you know i have good opinions on soccer oh i played i played d3 college soccer i i understand the game i'm smart so people want to read my analysis right like i i like i was doing that and stuff and then i was kind of seemed naturally pretty good at at the relationship stuff at at asking the right questions and 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 building all that and my editor-in-chief was like hey we don't want you doing any more match night stuff right like we want you to just focus on breaking news and i was scared because i was like one like you're only as good as your sources. So like, what if I don't get any sources? Like, what if then they're like, I'm just no good. I'm just any other staff, writer. Right. And, and like, part of it was, I want to people to like, I want to be viewed like I'm Matt Doyle. Right. Like, even though he's so much smarter and better at analysis than I am. Right. Like, and, and name Joe Lowry and go on down the list, Taylor Twellman, Jordan Angeli, like all these brilliant, brilliant minds, brilliant tactical soccer minds who can take this information and give it to the public and have opinions that are really thoughtful and really good. I was like, no, like, I want to do that because I can always watch a game and have an opinion. But it's like if I don't develop sources or if they just stop talking to me, then I'm nothing, right? Like so, it was out of fear. And so honestly, like not only was it not planned, like I stupidly fought against it at first. And again, like I owe that editor in chief. His name is Simon Borg. I, I say it every every chance I try to get. Like if it wasn't for him, like like he, he not only did he give me all the chances, he had to like push me against my will into the right spot. So yeah, just a confluence of hard work and good luck is kind of what I always say. <laughs>
2: Uh, And and Tom, there's no truth in the rumor that's flying around everywhere about you that MLS, when you were at MLSsoccer.com, that they made you grow a mustache so you could connect more with
4: boomers. (laughs) No, no, no. That was, I I always did with like the no shave November thing. I would would do a mustache like, ah, ironic. This is funny. Ha ha ha. And then like one time, like, I was like, oh crap, like this actually looks semi normal. Like this doesn't. (laughs) And then uh, it just, it was like, all right, it would stay for November. And then okay, I'd randomly do it, and then it was just like, "Oh man, like this is this is part of me now." So thankfully, my my fiance, our first date, I had the mustache, so she didn't get baited and switched.
2: (laughs) Um, Well, I'm going to use your mustache as a pivot point here. Um, uh, It is the centerpiece of your face. Are you concerned that Inter Miami? I just just, and this is a general question. Just league. Uh, just talking about MLS, uh, it's 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 hype, it's visibility coming into the season. Are you worried that so much of what MLS is now rests on Inter Miami and what they do?
4: Um, I I think that's a fair question and a fair thought. For me, it doesn't. And no. again, I don't that I, that doesn't make me like. I know that I'm not the average fan because like nobody nobody should be trying to watch all 29 teams every week, right? Like, so I, I understand. But for me, it's it's it is what it is, and and even like I, I obviously am going to cover Miami like like I do, but I don't I, I don't feel myself being pulled towards them more than you know an interesting team in any other season, right? Like obviously a little bit more with all the star power, but part of it too is okay. Every outlet, even my own, like I, the the jokes are fair that the athletic MLS coverage has a whole lot to do with Miami right now. MLS Soccer is the same way, and yeah. and you kind of go on down the line, and I get it. Uh, so part of it, like it's like seeing opportunities that all right, nobody's writing enough about Columbus or Portland or Minnesota or whatever, right? Like, so it's, for me, I don't see it that way, but I understand that the fans will. Um, if Miami suck at the beginning of the season, if a couple of these older players get injured, whatever, like this is going to be, they're going to be under the microscope and, and it's going to be the same way that they lost a the preseason game to Saudi clubs. Who cares? That's my general stance on preseason, particularly when a team flew halfway across the world and, um, two weeks after starting preseason training played at a team that's currently midseason. I don't care, but that was a big story because, Oh, LOL Miami sucks. Like Saudi leagues are better. Right. Whatever. It's like, I get that that's going to be a narrative. I just don't buy into it at all. What is your gut? I mean, JJ and I just
3: talked about this before you came on. We, one of our questions was what's our gut on how this is going to go. Cause there are, I mean, there's the one side where it's the greatest collection of talent on an MLS team ever. And then there's the other side that these guys are older. They're a little injury prone, especially Suarez, where do you stand?
4: How, is this going to be spectacular success or spectacular failure? I think that they're going to be fine in the regular season. Like I don't, I don't see them contending for the shield just by the nature of the fact that to win the shield, that's a thirty-four game slog. And best case scenario for Lionel Messi is to his twenty-five games because of his involvement with Argentina and again just trying to manage his minutes. Right, Sergio Busquets, twenty-eight games maybe. Jordi Alba, same thing, right? Like they're, I don't see them winning the shield because they shouldn't be focusing on that. Like this is a team that I think that they'll win a trophy, what, like one of these cup competitions, whether it's MLS Cup, whether it's League's Cup, um, or or Concacaf Champions Cup, because this team is like this team is built to be the best team on on any given day. But I, I don't trust, nor do I think that they will focus correctly. Don't think that they will focus on Supporters' Shield. So I think that they're going to be. Very very good. I just it, I don't think it's going to be some overwhelming march from like, oh my god, it, it's june and and they're already ten points ahead of the supporters' shield standings, and why did we even bother playing the season? We all knew this was going to happen right like they're going to have struggles um I, I do think that they're going to pull through though
2: is there is there a roster as you talked to an MLs executive who feels they're they're screwed <laughs> where, where are we at with that do you, Do you feel they're screwed or that they can do something to shed salary?
4: Yeah, I mean, again, and, and I spoke to somebody at Miami who the vibe was much different than it was a couple weeks ago when I know that they were, you know, calling teams. They were being proactive about trades and stuff. They, again, at this time, finalizing a deal to sell Gregory to Botafogo in Brazil. Uh, um, By the time this comes out, it should be announced probably unless something <laughs> fell through. Um, But the the Brazi- Brazilian media is reporting the fee is like $2.8 or something. I don't know if this for sure. This part is speculation, but I think this might be all they needed to do because of the fee. Because not only do they get Gregory's salary and budget charge off the cap, a new rule they can they can take like I think 1.2 million of that fee and turn it into allocation money, which helps buy down other contracts. Um, they still have the one-time contract buyout, which I I again no inf- inside information on this, just common sense and deduction. I would be shocked if they don't use that on Coco Jean. Because he's on like eight or nine hundred thousand and he's just redundant in this attack, like, but he's not, he he hasn't lived up to that contract anyway. But particularly when you have a team with Messi Suarez, Campania, Robert Terrell, that's like you just don't need him, and that's an easy way to, to save salary. So, my assumption at this point, my educated guess is Gregory because of the fee and Coco Jean being bought out. I think that would do it, but I don't know that for sure. And maybe there's one more move to come, but. Things are much, much better on Friday than they were on Tuesday when I was when I was talking, writing that story. Okay.
3: Uh, Tom, Miles Robinson, one of the biggest moves of the offseason going to FC Cincinnati. Surprised by that? Were there were there real offers coming in from Europe for him?
4: I was very surprised at that because I thought that Atlanta were just gonna say, all right, screw it. We'll up the offer because um he was he was so integral. But my understanding from Atlanta was they put an offer on the table before the start of the twenty twenty-three season. And then it was, hey, this is it. This is the most we can offer because we we, we just can't make you a DP. I'm sorry. This is the most we can offer you. Signed, take it or leave it, more or less. Uh, which kind of rubbed Miles Robinson's camp the wrong way, which, you know, in Atlanta's defense, they 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 came out strong with what they could offer and there was no more negotiating to do. So he left. He, he was, they weren't happy about that. Um, the Cincinnati offer being short-term is very interesting. There was interest from PSV. I don't think that there was an official offer ever on the table. And I can tell you with 100% certainty that it would have been maybe half of what Cincy or Atlanta offered, right? It it wasn't like he was taking this offer because it was $100,000 more. Like it was a significant thing. There was some late interest from a couple Premier League teams uh, that were dealing with injury issues. and, And like there was interest in him from England and Germany. And that's why he visited Cincinnati day one of free agency. That was like December 12th. I was very confident within three, four days that he was signing in Cincinnati. Like they had pretty much agreed to terms, whatever. And he didn't officially sign until another three weeks because of those English teams that like that, that was serious. Again, I don't know if there was ever, you know, tip uh, uh, an offer on the table, right. But like he delayed signing with Cincy to consider those options. So yes, there was interest. I don't know what the offers were. Um, I don't mind him signing a short-term deal because he's going to start every single game for Cincinnati, He's going to be in a system that I think fits him better than Atlanta. So this is the the like safest route for him to go to Copa America. Um, but I, I I would say the fear is, okay, the offers that you were expecting didn't come when you were a free agent this winter. Why would that necessarily be different in a year? I mean, maybe it's just markets and, and stuff like that. But who knows? We'll see. For now, he's at Cincinnati and, and a very good opportunistic signing by them.
2: Tom can I talk to you about the Colorado Rapids revitalization center that they've opened up um <laughs> with, with Zach, Zach Steffen coming in uh, Jordi Mihailovic, Sam Vines um like they've got to be better than last season do you do you see that much uh, in these signings that's going to take them to to being in as i call it the good zone
4: yes yeah i i again and and maybe i'll look really dumb in 3 months because they are still starting Kevin Cabral as a winger, who I, for some reason, still believe in. But, like, I look at this group and th- a lot of different... Again, like, first and foremost, most importantly, I think the players they signed are very good. I think George Mihailovic is is a very, very good player in MLS. He can kind of lead that attack. Uh, I think Sam Vines is going to be a, a top three, top four, at worst, left back in this league. That's a great signing. Connor Ronan, who they signed last winter, he hmm. was, like, the one bright spot of the team last year. Um, I think he's going to be much better with a better structure and system around him chris armis as a head coach you know the opinions are divided on him yeah he'll at least play the system that makes sense with this team which which was ultimately what caught cost robin frazier his job because he tried to play like manchester city and arsenal um and unfortunately they were the colorado rapids so that's tough and it didn't work out so they'll at least play in transition it makes this roster and and play style make so much more sense than last year easy answer yes they'll be better than last year because you cannot be any worse than last um, but I do think that this is a playoff team. Um, my biggest concerns: the defensive midfielder they signed, Diak. Yeah, he 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 played well in Turkey, and then he didn't break into nonce. That doesn't mean that he's a, like he's just a big question mark, right? There, there's no guarantee, and they signed him on loan with a purchase option, so like they, they can get out of the deal. if He sucks, right? Like so, I, I'd be I'm worried about that, and that is again like Conor Ronan needs that kind of bodyguard with him in in the midfield. The back line needs that shield. Like, I was surprised that they didn't outbid uh, Chicago on Kellen Acosta. I thought that would have been perfect. Um, and then the other the other worry is Rafael Navarro isn't a good DP center forward. He didn't play very well at the end of last season, but I'm giving him a mulligan because the team was awful around him and he didn't get any chance creation. And again, for whatever my optimism is on Kevin Cabral, maybe he's just not good. And, and the four years of evidence we have is true. And, and I'm just being stupid and delusional. Uh, so those are the drawbacks to Colorado, but I do think that there's much more good than bad here.
3: Uh, Tom Duncan McGuire, Orlando City. Joe, so, so, what the hell happened there, and what what happens now
4: with him? Do you have thirty minutes for me to answer this question? <laughs> uh, the the oh, what's the best way to like simplify this? Just like Blackburner are clowns, I think would be the the easiest way to put it. Um, right, yeah. They they twice pulled out of done deals, or like again, one of which. They agreed the the fee just under $4 million, It was like £3 million. Um And Duncan McGuire's on a flight. And this is, you know, eight to ten hours after they agreed to terms, after negotiating for a week. And then ownership called their front office and was like, hey, we don't have any money. Pull out of the deals. And the front office was like, what the hell? Like, I thought you said we had money. They're like, we, no, we, we don't. Pull out of the deals. So he had, like, they end up, he, he goes to England anyway, because he was on his way. And they, they agreed to a new deal, a loan deal. Um And... Orlando didn't really want to do a loan, but whatever it was, they needed an upfront payment, whether it was a loan fee or the first payment of, of like the payment structure so that they could turn that money into allocation. They were like, it doesn't make any sense for them to lose Duncan McGuire without getting an immediate payment in some kind. So they they acquiesced to that deal They say, all right, screw it, whatever, higher purchase option, everything else. Um, he wants to go. He's already in England, let him go. They, he, he got there to do his medical Six, six, seven hours before the window, which in in the world of soccer is plenty of time because all these teams procrastinate and do things late. The all of the paperwork was signed two hours before the window shut. All of the paperwork was filed into the system an hour before the, the window shut. and their club administrator hit save instead of submit and then went to go to go work on another deal that because they were doing another deadline date of couple deadline day deals. Um, and by the time he realized the window was closed and it was saved and not submitted, and that was at the heart of their um, appeal. They were like, look, we did all this in good faith. You can see the timestamps on the system. All the paperwork was in. It's just, we clicked the wrong button. Please have mercy. And EFL were like, sorry, like your incompetence is your problem, not ours. No wow. deal. So now uh, he's back in Orlando, and MLS teams are trying to trade for him, but Orlando don't want, don't want to lose him, obviously. Um, we'll see what, you know, There's there's some European windows still open. Um, I think Turkey's still open. I don't see him really going to Turkey, but um options are, are more limited if he's gonna have an immediate exit from Orlando, but I, I, I really don't know where this one goes.
0: Oh man. They,
2: they clicked save, not submit.
4: Could you imagine? And and so last year they signed they had a deal to sign Lewis O'Brien on loan from Nottingham on deadline day. And they blew the paperwork. They just messed it up and didn't file it in time. And the same thing they appealed, and the the, the NFL was like no, you messed up. So Lewis O'Brien ended up going to DC United because MLS was like the only transfer window open. And so thankfully DC United like gave him a place to play for three, four months. But like, how does this happen two years in a row? Uh, that's- how does this Jesus. happen? Yeah.
0: That's-
2: Blackburn Rovers. That's unbelievable. Uh, Tom, just um in the interest of, of of moving this locally, uh so going to New York Red Bulls last year to watch them play. It was striking how they were centered around John Tolkien and how he kind of became face of the franchise. <laughs> Emil Forsberg coming in. Does he make them, I mean, I know they made the playoffs last year, but does he make them a yeah. legit
4: side? Um, I was hoping that there was going to be another bigger yeah. signing with him, like not an Emil, like not a 5 million fee, not an Emil Forsberg type, but just like something, another guy. Um, And that really hasn't happened, but like I do, still have optimism around the Red Bulls because dude, Forsberg is a cut above. Like, obviously, the people at the Red Bulls are saying this to me, right? But like, it's it's still more than like what you would normally hear on like a new signing. Yeah. I've talked to teams that have played them in the preseason, and they're like, "Dude, he's just another level from everybody else on the field right now." Mm-hmm. I got to watch about sixty minutes of the of their preseason game against St. Louis. I think it it took five minutes for me to be like, "He's the best player on the field," and it's not even close. Like, oh, yeah. so. Like, I'm probably reading a little bit too much into preseason, but I'm kind of all in on Emil Forsberg right now. I think he's going to be phenomenal in this team. Dante Van Zier, another player who was bad last year that I have confidence in. Again, irrationally, irrationally. He was a $5 million signing in his prime, one-time Belgian international. He scored a a long-time proven track record of scoring goals in Belgium. His profile fits this system perfectly. Every single thing about this player suggest he's going to be a good signing for the red bulls and like i'm still blindly following that that okay i'm i'm give like maybe year two right like don't get suspended again and don't get hurt obviously um that that notwithstanding everything about him and what he is as a player suggests that this is a good signing and a good fit so if he hits to what they hoped he would again if the add-ons hit club record signing him and fordberg i think would be enough in the attack but Again, that's a lot of ifs, considering how bad and how unavailable he was last year.
3: Uh, Tom, we weren't going to get out of this without me asking at least one union question.
4: They're kind of running it back. It
3: seemed like Bedoya was going to go. It seemed like Kai Wagner was going to go. They're all all pretty much back. You like that approach, or could they have used some freshening up maybe?
4: I I really love that that Kai Wagner and Alejandro Bedoya are back for me. This these deals should have been sorted during the year last year. Um, but well done by Philly for getting it done at the end. Um, I'm sure that they signed Kai Wagner for less than what he, Kai Wagner wanted, or Kai wouldn't have gone to free agency because he, I guess the offers weren't there that he was expecting. It was like Red Star Belgrade and Aek Athens, and like I'd rather play for the Philadelphia Union, particularly when you're like he he had been a fan favorite. He'd been you know. One of the best left backs in the league. It's a perfect spot for him. All right. Like if the Bundesliga comes calling, that's different. But so well done by Philly to bring them back. Julian Carranza, he's got a year left on his contract. He turned down transfers to Werder Bremen in switch Town. I don't really understand why. Like It's not like they tried to send him to the front lines in Ukraine or like some like Russia or some random like like those are two good landing spots. Like Itzwich Town. I haven't checked the championship table recently, but they're in like promotion contention, legitimate promotion contention. Um, so maybe he just wants to be a free agent because so he can decide his future. But that's the one I'm more surprised about, even if out of those three players, he's the best and most important to them in 2024. Um, so, they, but they needed, if they wouldn't have been able to bring in a bigger signing without Julian Carranza leaving and particularly whatever fee they thought they were going to get from. Him. So that's, I think, why they're running it back more or less. I I I was hoping to see some more freshening up in this team, but again, they signed you know, three players we've never heard of. And, you know, they've done that before with Kai Wagner and Kash Bilko and Daniel Gazdag and, and and um a couple other players that like I they, they get the benefit of the doubt and, and we'll see what these players are like.
2: Uh Tom, I could talk all day to you, but I'm gonna finish with something that's not on the field, it's not on the grass. Um it seems to me like MLS does something every Every off season or preseason to annoy and irritate people, and just as a foot, <laughs> just as a, a football person, the thing that struck me was was these jerseys and the price of these oh replica jerseys, and I, I like I'm stunned that 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 some jerseys are 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 hitting two hundred dollars. It, yeah. This is absolutely wild and unnecessary. Um, what's going on here?
4: Yeah, I, I'm with you. There, it's just it's just uh, like. I hate that. I like the, the, the price point. Um, I get it. Things cost money, but it, it, I don't know, dude, like, uh, I, I, I bought a, a Knicks jersey recently. Right. And it was, it was not that expensive. And like, yeah. let's just be honest with ourselves here. The Knicks and the NBA are bigger than NYCFC and MLS, right? Like, or FC right. Dallas and MLS, insert any team. Um, I saw some, like this, led me. Uh, apparently ML, some MLB jerseys are like 400 bucks. Like, what in the world is that? Yeah, <laughs> me to do that thumbs up. There. Um, like what in the world is going on? Like, I, and this isn't. I'm not trying to deflect or, like, but like, what? I think common sense things that I don't understand. Like, like who decided this and why and what? Like, right. I'm sure that there was research and thought process into it, but why? Like, come but, on now. But but also
2: what they're what they're doing is with this. So so the, the great thing about football jerseys was uh, our soccer jerseys was for for. From almost all time, when I buy, say, a Liverpool jersey, it would be the Liverpool jersey they'd be wearing <laughs> on the field. You know, like, yep. but in but in MLS now, there's, they've got this this replica which is missing some of the detail, and yeah. then they've got this upper-priced authentic thing, and I'm just like, why? It just seems like unnecessary gouging, and I actually like a lot of these jerseys. Me too. Wait, why do you not? Why do you not want to get these things out there? The LAFC f- uh, home one, I think, is amazing. Oh my
4: god, yeah. And C- Seattle's is beautiful. Like, see,
2: I I really like Seattle's too. Get them out there. Why are you gouging people? I I I just had to rant about this. And, no, uh, I'm with you
4: there. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm again, sorry. like it, it, does, it does. It does. like, and and I guess too that Liverpool wear red at home every game. Right? Yeah, yeah. MLS teams don't do that.
2: Like so. Like, there's another reason why. Like, <laughs> it's crazy to me. It's great. You expect the fans to show up, right, in, in the team colours, and you're not going to wear them on the field at home. <laughs> what? And I mean, showcase. Have have seven away jerseys. Do that and wear wear them away. Fine. Yep. But at home, have some kind of unanimity.
4: Yep. Like It's yep.
3: bonkers.
2: Bonkers. Anyway, I,
4: yep.
3: Andrew, rescue this, please. Well, please. M- yeah, I'll bring us back. On, we'll close out with something on the field, which we'll fast forward to the end of the season. We haven't had a back-to-back MLS Cup winner since the Galaxy in 11 and 12. Some have gotten close, couldn't seal the
4: deal. What about the crew? What do you what do you make of their bid to repeat this year? I think they'll be a contender, but like, it's so difficult to repeat. I mean, just first mathematically, there's 29 teams, and, and they're all trying to get better. It, it's really difficult to keep together a championship roster. That's why what Philly have done over the last five years, what LaFC have done over the most of the, of the last five years, all like NYCFC have been really consistent, though they were bad last year. Like, it's not easy in in the nature of this. And to take it a step further, it's a one, more or less, a one-game sample size in the playoffs. And in a sport like soccer where there's so much variance, it's finishing, it's, you know, uh, winning a penalty or scoring a set piece, right? Like, it's so, you you could have the best team in the league, no doubt, and you, it's still insanely Like, you need, you need so much luck to go back-to-back, right? Like, so, like, the crew aren't a failure if they don't go back-to-back. I think that they'll be in contention, um, but... I would take the easy way out here and say and say somebody else would win.
3: Fair enough. Tom Bogert, this was awesome. If you are a soccer fan in this country and you're not subscribed to The Athletic to get this guy's content, what are you doing? What's the matter with you? <laughs> this was awesome, man. We'll have to do it again soon. Thanks so much. Enjoy the start of the season. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Look forward to being on again. There you go, Tom Bogert. Oh, man, he's great to talk to. He's the Duncan amazing. McGuire thing is insane. The fact that that's happened twice to Blackburn, <laughs> that is... Uh, that's, that's uh,
2: I don't know. Uh, I mean I thought it was maybe I guess I guess there's a portal now that they use the EFL have a signing portal as opposed to faxes and stuff like that, so you can upload your documents and file them quickly. They've made things very efficient by the sounds of it, except not efficient enough for Blackburn Rovers football. I mean,
3: everyone else could do it.
2: Yeah. At a certain else. point you
3: gotta look inward. All right, it's yeah. not the system.
2: By the way, how much does Tom Bogart look like the actor Matt Berry? Like a younger version, obviously. Do you know um, Matt Berry from? Uh, I only know do-
3: Matthew Berry, the fantasy football guru.
2: Oh, Matt Berry from what we do in the shadows. The Google Matt Berry, toast of London, uh, just an amazingly funny guy.
3: I think Tom looks like if you Google. Are you looking at Matt Berry? No, but I will in a sec. If you Google uh, Josh Brolin's character from American Gangster, there. I mean, that's it.
2: Right. Okay.
3: So you, while I Google Matt Berry, uh, what would you say, what we do in the shadows? While yeah. I do that, you Google Josh Brolin, American gangster.
2: Actually, no. Google Matt Berry, Toast of London. Oh, oh okay. So London. I are going to
3: say, yeah, what we do in the shadows. He's fully bearded.
2: Yeah, no, no, no. Go Toast of London.
3: Okay, I'm on it. Um, Josh
2: Brolin, did you say?
3: Josh Brolin, but specifically his character in American gangster.
2: American gangster. Okay.
3: All right. um, yeah, I mean this Matt Berry toast of London. He's a little, he's bigger than Tom. I, I mean, know
2: he's bigger. And also he just older. has a
3: mustache. Like. No, he
2: looks like, he looks like Tom. All right. He does look like Tom. If like, but Tom is so much younger than him. So it doesn't really work.
3: Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, yeah. Jack oh, Roman, not
3: eh. I guess. Eh. Come on.
2: You really are the most
3: devious bastard in New York city.
2: That's a line from, um, Tom Bogart in, uh, what we do in the shadows,
3: Tom. What's he? What he said about his career path was interesting, though. That not well, only did he not try he to, to go that route, it. he actually was against, was against doing it. It's a lesson out there. Believe in yourselves. Sometimes everybody take a chance on yourself. Even if, don't doubt. Go all in. Um, which is exactly the opposite you
2: do in your life. Which is so...
3: I. <laughs> you <laughs> sad but true. Um <laughs> JJ, This was fun. I feel, was. I feel quite ready. Uh, the season begins Wednesday night. Inter-Miami, Real Salt Lake. I think the Messi documentary also comes out that night too. So get ready. I mean, get that will be a, to kind of like go along with your storyline of the season, Enter That is also going to be a side effect of the storyline of the season that I'm interested in is, you know, we've seen MLSsoccer.com's website, uh, any, any site that covers MLS. We've seen what they look like since Messi arrived. Are people... Are people cool with that, or are we going to reach a point of overexposure where people start to turn? We saw it last I'll be year. Curious. Well, well we of... saw the diehard. Like well, NLS the diehards successes. are
2: going to be upset. Why right. aren't you talking about New England's new goalkeeping signing? You didn't mention New England, but you did all this time on Messi and into right. Miami. We're going to hear that, but we do. I think we do football for diehards. Um. The others are just going to be going with the messy wave. That's the way it'll be.
3: And the question will be, will the casual fan embrace that or will they reach a point of overexposure too? Uh, it's That is all. I'm, I'm curious about how like, that's what I said, though. All of it that's, is interesting to me.
2: That, yeah. Think about uh, the subprime mortgage collapse. Think about it that way and think as messy as tranches of bad mortgages wrapped up together. Messi, Suarez, Bush gets bad mortgages. And you take them and the whole thing falls apart. But
3: we don't know that they're bad mortgages. Not yet. I, I but have them be... winning the whole damn league. All mm-hmm. right. So I can't sit here and tell you it's a bad mortgage. I think it's a fiscally responsible, um, a, a nice, a nice single family home that uh, people are living there doing just fine. Middle and class is their, back.
2: And, but, but they're paying their mortgages and they can afford their mortgages. Right, That's right. what you're saying. Exactly. I'm saying this is a mortgage that MLS and Inter-Miami can't afford.
3: This this analogy, this analogy it hurts my head. I don't. This
2: analogy has worked out brilliantly, and I'm glad that I thought about it for 20 minutes on the toilet yesterday.
3: Nice, nice. Uh, this was fun. Be by all means, send us some of. If you disagree, uh, agree, whatever, let us know some of your thoughts on the upcoming season as well, because it's going to be chaos as it always is. Uh, but that's what makes it one of the most secretly fun leagues in the world, and we know it here. Maybe they don't elsewhere around the world, but we know it. Um, JJ, I look forward to watching. And talking about it during the course of the rest of the season should be a lot of fun. Um, JJ, that's all I got, my friend. Hey.
2: Oh, I've got... Whoa, 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 oh, whoa, oh. whoa. One thing, because we're going to say check you later, fun boy, which is, of yeah. course, Fergan Klinsman. But we got real Klinsman news, <laughs> which I tweeted about last night. Uh, the Korean FA have let him go. And in typical Klinsy fashion, this is what he tweets. To all my players, my coaching staff, and all Korean football fans, with sincere gratitude! Exclamation mark! Thank you so much for all your support, taking us to the semi-final of the Asian Cup, and an incredible journey over the last twelve months with not losing thirteen games in a row. I James saw his. Cup. Uh, keep on fighting! Uh, bicep emoji. Who can reply? Accounts at Jay Clinsman follows are
3: mentioned. Can reply? Yeah. Um... <laughs> I saw that tweet from him, but because of like, I mean, his English or punctuation or whatever, it reads like they should be congratulated for not having lost 13 games in a row. That was how I read it. I said, oh, That's... yeah, yeah, exactly. Is but this, bar? Is your, this is literally
0: <laughs>
3: having
2: an argument with your brother or sister when you're a kid, giving them a dead arm, running out the door, screaming, I'm champion, then locking them in. The, this is what this is it's just incredible the man we'll see his next move yes well not the
3: Republic of Ireland we're still managerless not us thanks Uh, JJ I enjoyed this immensely all the best to Jurgen and whatever his next endeavors are JJ to you I say take you later fun boy I'll see ya take care you've been listening to the Caught Offside Soccer Podcast
0: real extreme darkness (laughs) a lot of laughs y'all weird but you yeah you
1: you were different
0: and so much more listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts why don't more infant formula companies use
1: organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials